it's an opportunity to do other things. And I've connected with so many of my friends mm-hmm. um, after, cause I couldn't, didn't have the time to do it in medical school. So it was, it was one of those things where I was just, it's opened up. Like I'm finally back to myself and you're talking to me after healing and, and telling people about my emotions. And this is awesome. Cause I get to, you know, this is like a public way of expressing, you know, what I've been going through. Um, so yeah, yeah, it's, um, but the reconnecting and like having time for people is so nice, man. I know you're a busy guy, but like when you have like, this is probably also awesome for you because you actually get time to like really just talk and, um, also analyze your own, own life and your own like things you're dealing with and have like, know that you're not alone in it, you know? You have nailed that one clearly. I think the, the the big piece also is that, I mean, not only is it resonating just in terms of feelings that I worry about my own brother, but I think how, how much I believe that we need a space to not have to constantly have to keep exchanging masks for masks, right? The family masks, the work masks, the career masks, the... The, the, the responsible mass, the, the homeowner, like all these pieces and places we play. And sometimes I've heard young people say in the work, sometimes you forget like who you really are because everywhere you go, you're having to be who they need you to be there. And you're like, well, what's important to me? Actually, I just want to lay on the floor at a fan blow, <laughs> cool me off and just do nothing for the next couple of hours. Right. But I gotta go to work. I gotta study this. I gotta do that. I gotta do that. Like, like, like the self kind of really sometimes gets overridden by our minds. You talk about mind, body, spirit, right? Like sometimes our 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 spirit is calling for us to just stop and just be. Welcome to the Taking Off the Mask podcast. My name is Ashanti Branch, and I'm really glad you've joined us. Today's guest is Scott Messier. Man, I am uh, so glad about this conversation for you to hear. Uh, You know, this has been an interesting theme of what we're doing in this podcast. I think that there are men around the world who've been hoping and finding a place where they can just be heard be seen, not judged, made space for. And you're going to hear Scott tell some of his story. And not only do I resonate with some of his story, there's a part of his story that I'm I'm scared about. Like, And you'll hear it in this conversation. You'll hear him talk about his brother. And you've heard me talk about my brother in these conversations. And I haven't seen my brother in about a week and a half, maybe a week. So my mind is wondering, where is he now? And so I'm having some thoughts in that way, but uh, just thankful for this conversation. One of the, the, the nuggets that I want to point out in this conversation where we talked about where do we in these professions get a place to be fully human? Like if, if you are a high intensity profession, if you are in a service profession, if you are in a public servant, sometimes you have to 
discount what you your needs are for the betterment of others, right? Like you've heard of many firemen running into buildings that were on fire to save someone because they had to like put job first. You've heard of teachers who have put their lives in the line of fire for their kids and their classes because they had to put themselves as the responsibility of a teacher first before self. And maybe you've done it for yourself and maybe you've been such the employee because you know you have to take the, care of the bills even when you're sick, even when you're not feeling well, even when you're knowing that you're overloaded. Like maybe we forget to take care of self. Sometimes we do it in a moment because we have to. and Sometimes we do it for long periods of time when we don't even have to anymore. But man, sometimes we do it because our heart says this is the right thing to do. I, I am I'm thankful for this conversation. I'm 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 really one of the things I really want to highlight is this idea of grief. And that, that's the word that I was looking for. Uh, me who has a hard time dealing with grief, letting grief be felt, knowing that I don't have time for it right now. I got I got I got things to do right now. <laughs> Still grieving the loss of my grandmother two years ago. And I think today, uh, maybe some of the, on the other side of that healing is coming because um, my cousin decided to sell my grandmother's house. My grandmother's had this house since before I was born. So over 50 plus years, she's owned this house in Oakland, California with a white picket fence out front. She worked making bullets for the war. She worked at the factory where Rosie the Riveter uh, fame came from. She was there in the Bay Area, California, Richmond, Point Richmond, California. Like, And then once the, there was no more bullets needs to be made, they made silverware for the airline pilots. And she worked every day until she couldn't work anymore, taking the bus. She never drove to work, taking the bus back and forth to work. I don't know, say she never drove. I don't even know that part, but she took the bus. That's how she got to work. And I just know that as they are closing out the settlement for this silly property, I'm so sad because more than anything, I drive by that place and I miss her. But I didn't get a choice in the matter. I grieve that 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 land that was hers, that... Uh, people decided that we're just going to sell it to the highest bidder. And <laughs> maybe you've experienced that. That on top of the grief, then I have to deal with the the grief that gets brought up by this. So I resonate in so many ways with not only the loss, but also the additional losses that come along the way. When people began to operate out of their intellect instead of their heart, or maybe they shut their hearts off so they don't even have the feeling from the heart coming. I, all that to say, as I know, what we get a chance to talk about in these episodes is real stuff. And I didn't get to, I didn't talk about that during this episode, but I'm, I'm sharing that with you here now. If you haven't yet made a mask, I invite you to do that. We, we're, we're, we're moving towards some really exciting things happening coming up. And I really want you to be a part of this early phase of this work. 11-11-22, um, November the 11th of 2022. I'm, this is a save the date. Save the date. 
whether you're going to be live here in the Bay Area or you're going to be on online watching, we are going to have a relaunch of the Million Mask Movement. And these conversations we've had with men, not only these hundred plus conversations on the podcast, but the thousands and thousands of people around the world who have already made a mask. I want you to let somebody know about it. Tell somebody about it. Follow us on Instagram at Everforward Club or at Branch Speaks, and you will get all the details to be coming out soon on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, we look forward to you being a part of this movement with us. If you've made a mask already, you are a part of it already. And all we ask you to do is tell someone about it because when they make a mask and they get inspired and they tell someone that is how we will grow this movement and we can't do it without you. So thank you so much for listening. Um, have a great day wherever you are in your day. Thank you for listening. And if you know anyone that we should be talking to, if you have not uh, reviewed or made a comment, I just learned how to make a review the other day. So I've been asking you to make a review and I didn't really know how to do it myself, but I know how. And it's actually really easy. And I'll do that on another episode to tell you how. But if you could just go to wherever you listen to the podcast, scroll all the way to the bottom once you're on the Taking Out the Mask podcast, and you can just give us a, a five-star review. Make a comment. Write, us a, write a review. Like, let us know how we're doing in your in your thoughts and what you want to see. And anybody you want to recommend it to, please do that. So thank you for this long intro. Uh, I feel really charged up after this conversation with Scott Messier. And I hope you will be inspired by this conversation as well. Take care, everybody. See you soon. Right now. Scott, I am so glad to have you. How are you doing, Scott Messier? Hey, first off, thank you so much, Ashanti. I, uh, I've kind of been on the sidelines looking in and you're doing amazing work, so keep it up and I'm, I feel honored to be on uh, this show with you, man. Thanks for having me. Well, I'm glad you're here, man. Well, you know, what we like to do is invite our guests to just uh, introduce themselves. So what do you want people to know about you before we jump into these these masks? Yeah, I'm, uh, so I'm Scott Messier. I'm from Santa Barbara, California. Um, I currently am uh, owner of a business that sells electrical child safety locks. Um, I, uh, switched up careers for, uh, probably reasons we'll get into later in the show, but, um, switched careers from, uh, medical school to, to this. So it, uh, kind of in that, uh, new, new, uh, learning stage, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited. And that's just got married, uh, to a beautiful wife. So I'm, uh, yeah, it's it's been uh, it's a little bit about me. Well, congratulations on the the, the, the new life and the wife, and uh, <laughs> I'm glad you made time Thank to you. be here. I'm really, I'm really, I'm I'm excited that you talked about that briefly around the career change and shift because that's a a theme that comes up a lot in these conversations, and and I know that I, I feel that a lot too. So, um, what we what we want to do, and you and I had a quick chat before we started, but I wanted to say uh, the mask is an opportunity for us to just like, go deeper, to have a conversation. You know, it's not a interview style, but if so, if, if something comes up when you're in a question or thought, like just like, hey, it's a conversation, you know. So um, for those that have not made a mask, you know, Scott and I are going to share our mask publicly, but you can make your mask anonymously at millionmask.org, millionmask.org, and uh, and. And so, Scott, since you're the guest, you get to decide who goes first. Either you go first or you want me to go first. 
uh, and we'll share the front of the mask first together, and then we'll do the back. Well, first off, I definitely recommend this to anyone who's listening. Um, it's almost meditative. I think there's not many times of the day where you get to be present and kind of uh, have a dedicated time to think about who you are and what's behind it. And, you know, everyone kind of knows what they hide and what they, what they want to project. Um, so it was just a great exercise. So I'm, I'm thankful um, I got a chance to do it and got introduced to it. So uh, I don't know. I feel like I'm super excited, man. So I would love to share the maths first if, if, uh, if you want me to. Absolutely. You, you, you choose. You get to decide. So you'll go first and just share the front first. If you can okay. hold it so we just see the front and then um, and then we'll, we'll go to the back afterwards. Yeah. All right. So here's here's my mask. Um, it says uh, energetic, energetically positive vibe, uh, gritty growth mindset and family slash friends are your wealth. So I don't know if I can get that up close. I'm a, I'm a man of little words, as you can see, you know. <laughs> that's awesome i love i love the design i love the design uh it's like a spartan mask yeah you you so you you nailed it one of my favorite movies is uh the movie 300 i think it's like one of the most it must have hit me right at my imprinting stage of epic movies but um there's a scene where uh, the the wife is like king leonidas is leaving for war and she's like come back with your sword and the narrator is like, he doesn't say anything. And the, then it narrates the wife's thoughts. And it's like, she knew that um, he had to be strong for his men and not show any weakness. And so he didn't say anything of, I'm going to return. He just said, you know, I love you. And then he went off um, keeping that kind of just um, image of a king, right? You can't look weak. So people are following you into war. You can't look weak, right? And so... Then I randomly saw the last scene and talking about masks. I mean, he finally takes off his mask after, you know, he's the last, last Spartan standing out of 300. And yeah, he was just like, I'm sorry, my queen. And that's when the, the, the emotion showed. So it's good, good, uh, Good representation of kind of what you're doing, you know, showing both. Yeah, and I and I'm a huge fan of that movie too. And uh, ironically, that I'm, I'm gonna go back and watch it this weekend. I'm a. Uh, I remember some of those scenes of like standing up against the enemy and like just with no fear, with a with a fearless attitude. And I think that I I sometimes. Uh, I, I have to push myself in those ways of like operating out of a fearless mode. I mean, intelligently fearless, right? Like not recklessly fearless, but like speaking out against injustice and speaking out against things that are not right. And sometimes I'm just like, well, I don't want to make anybody mad. So I don't say nothing, but inside I'm, I'm just kind of boiling and fuming. Right. And I'm, I'm like, so hmm, we're getting there. We're already in there. That 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 internal dialogue of yeah. you know putting on this masculine strong strong vibe that you're gonna be um, like I'm going into war. You know, no matter what you're doing, 
if it's work, if it's, you know, a health situation in the family, you're just, you got to look strong. You got to, you can't show that weakness um, because it's for others, right? You know, you want to support others, but, you know, as that image, you can't look weak, you know, you or you shouldn't. But I think on the other side, you know, is the fear. I mean, of Mm. course they're fearful, you know, like even if you say you're not fearful, if you start getting uh, any feelings of emotions that come out, I mean, isn't that the fear? And then I think it was some Ted talk where it's one of the like biggest lessons I learned is when you're stressed out, your, your blood vessels, you know, vasoconstrict. And so Mm. if your mindset says, Hey, this is my like go-go juice. Like this is my body just getting ready for this stressor. Then your vessels, your, your blood flow increases, but your vessels don't shrink. Whereas Mm. if you're like in that sympathetic fight or flight, rest and digest, if um, you're nervous, then those constrict. And that's when you start, you know, breathing fast, hyperventilating. And um, it's crazy how much the mind can, you know, like, oh, I'm not, I shouldn't, it's like, okay to be fearful. You know, Mm. this is just me, like my, my body's into it. Like my mind is ready to, ready to do this, this task. So I think that's kind of, like from what you said, that's what I'm kind of thinking is like, you still had the fear. You're just, you know, to the people that you're supposed to be strong to, you got to walk out without a word, even though in the back of your head, you're like, man, I'm really scared to go. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it's also the fear of like, I mean, I think we're going to, okay, let me show the front. Cause I think the back is going to hit that. I I think preempting what's gonna happen on the back i I talk about fear right because i have a lot of fear that i don't really talk about and that i keep behind but here's here's the front this is uh i don't know why i drew this mask today but i I think because yeah i think i have an idea so i wrote funny serious hardworking, and those are three of my go-to like words um and i actually i don't i've never drawn a character wearing a mask before this is the first Mm. time in hundreds of masks I've drawn and and today um I was talking to a school and the 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 director who's you know bringing us in to do some work uh, he was like are you sure you want to talk about like masks like you know do you think we want to maybe describe it another way you know with all the COVID stuff and I and I thought and I remember like mm. I've answered this question many a times over the pandemic you know like our workshop is called taking off the mask so I was like, I was ready for the question. I was ready for it. I was ready for it. And I'm also in this like consulting partnership where we're trying to re, we're trying to create a marketing campaign for the Million Mask Movement. And they're like, they ask the same question, right? These, these, these consultants are like, do you think you want to think about like another way of describing it without talking about mask? And, and I, and I was, and it was laughing because this, this, this you know, educator did the same. And I'm like, well, how do we help people recognize that we're not talking about these masks? These, you know, we're, we're you know, I got a lot of fancy personal protection masks, you know, like I got, yeah, I, I got designer Whoa, ones. Oh, the Luchador, nice. Yeah, that's a, I got. That's sweet. <laughs> but it's not about, it's here. not about this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, I, and I love, and I think wrestling is a great way of thinking about these masks, right? Like, the this is just a physical representation of, I think, masks we were already wearing, right? Like, 
when we show up to a place and we be who they need us to be. And we know that deep down we're like, I don't even want to be here. Like I'm not even having no fun here. I'm like, why am I even here? But we got to be there for work or for fun or for family or whatever. And how often do does this just become a new representation of being what people need us to be in a certain given moment, you know? And um, no, and that's I, been uh, the work. That's been the work. I, I mean, just, you know, I don't know about you, but when you, when we first started going out, started wearing the COVID mask, when you go out, only your eyes show, right? So no one really saw you. So you're almost like, a, I mean, that's what bandits do, you know, to superheroes, like in a way that was a mask for everyone. And you, I don't know, it's at some points it's like, oh, no one knows me. Like no one can really know who I am. So I can just, you know, be who I am. And I think it's almost like a symbolic representation of the, the masses showing our fear. Mm-hmm. It's just, we're supposed to go out in the world and, you know, have this fear constantly that's been like told in the media. And it's, it's almost like if you're not fearful, then what are you doing with your life? You know, like you should be fearful. Mm-hmm. Like that's why we're wearing the mask. Like, can't you see? And then, you, I mean, I don't know. I think it's a representation because I always was like, wow, like, if I walk into the, like when I was in the hospital, you know, patients only see your eyes. They don't really see your face. So like, yeah. if you ever take off your mask, they're like, whoa, like, I didn't think you looked like that. I envisioned you somewhere else, you know, like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, that, so we had a, we, one of our clubs, we have a group of young men uh, and these schools, they wear masks every day. So all the time. So, we were, you know, five weeks into the session and I brought food for them, pizza. And, um, you know, I'll go out to the car to get some more of the snacks. I come back in and there's this young man over there eating pizza. And I'm like, I asked the teacher, I said, hey, who is that kid over there? Who's a new kid? Right. And, and the kid looked at me like, Mr. Branch is me, Sergio. And I'm like, what? That's what you look like? I I've only seen your eyes ever. So I'm like, oh, I didn't know how many other features were underneath there. So I didn't make the connection. You know, it was like, how funny. Like, he was like, what What are you talking about? It's me. And I'm like, okay. And how much we can't, we can't really tell. And I think the same thing with how we're feeling, right? Yeah, like, I remember, yeah. like, not having to force smile. Like, when I go to places, I'm, <laughs> because of my size, you know, I'm, I'm always making myself smile. Like, just to kind of disarm any potential mm. thought from anybody that I, I, I mean harm, right? So yeah. I have this psychological process that I'm always trying to make myself smile. And I realized, oh man, I don't have to worry about all that energy trying to force myself to smile. I would, even in the early days, I was still trying to smile, but people couldn't even tell that you were <laughs> smiling at them. So they're in whatever nervousness they have about what they see in their eyes, you, you can't disarm them. So you almost are like, oh, interesting. And then I stopped having to pretend, I stopped having to do it physically because I didn't know I needed to do it. Um, but it was a really interesting thought, like how, oh man, there's a, a lot less to worry about on myself to go to the grocery store or go whatever, yeah. just go do what I got to do and come back and not worry about, because all they can see is my eyes, if you have expressive eyes, you know? So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I can't tell you how many times, like, you know, you say hi to someone, you just smile at them. 
and I'd like walk by someone and I'd probably look like I'm just staring at him, but like underneath the mask, I'd be like, you know, doing a little, you know, like, like I, don't, I don't think they, they can't see me. Like, no wonder they looked at me like, what are you doing? Or maybe they were smiling back. Who knows? Mm, that's right. You can't even tell. You can't you even can't tell. Okay. So that, that was, that was a lot for the front, but then we're going to jump into the back now. So, okay. You ready? I'm, I'm, I'm ready. Okay. Um, all right. So I put down uh, stubborn with help, ADHD, and processing loss um, as my three words. Um, yeah, those are the kind of the things I don't necessarily hide completely, but they're things that I won't go into detail unless I'm close with someone, you know? Um, like the stubborn with help, I, I mean, I love helping people. I'm the type of person where, you know, I'm going to go out of my way to help you if you're a friend, family, or just in need, um, of help. But <laughs> when people ask, Oh, are you like, do you need help? I'm always mm -hmm. just like, no, I don't want to put that burden on them. Mm -hmm. So no, nah, I'm good. I like, I don't, you know, yeah, I'm good. Like everything's perfect, you know, like, yeah. um, but I think as I mature, I, I'm realizing you can't do it alone. And mm. it's really nice to have um, just people you can you can go to for help and you feel comfortable that they're not going to judge you or, you know, have a image that um, now looks, looks down upon you um, because you're asking for help, right? So that's where the stubborn with help comes from. Yeah. I think it just, as you, as you analyze yourself, you just, you try to surround yourself with people where you can be vulnerable and can get that help, you know, but if you're not in that environment, then it's, then it's really challenging to be like, Hey, I don't know how to do this. Or can you, can you just show me, you know, like that's really hard to do. Um, but I kind of like give myself, opportunity to be like hey i want you to you know if you don't know something in a store or something just just ask you know like yeah it's okay like it's not a problem people aren't judging you they're probably wanting to do the same you know oh that's so huge that's so huge and i and i and i and i i, I resonate with that a lot i think uh <laughs> i'm gonna okay so i'm gonna connect it as i as i share these because uh that asking for help is a big one. Uh, maybe it's gonna come out here. So I put mm -hmm. self doubt, worry, and I put fear of. And sometimes I'm not sure between mm -hmm. whether it's fear of failure or fear of success. Um, mm -hmm. Sometimes I like wonder how challenging it may be to like not be able to go to the store and just go be wearing whatever I'm wearing. And I, I mean, maybe some people don't have to think about that. Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe the famous people don't think about that when you see them getting chased around by the paparazzis or whatever. But I think the idea of like, like what is the, the feeling of like, I don't know. I, I, I sometimes wondering, like, I, I don't want to be a failure. Like I have huge goals mm -hmm. for myself and huge expectations of, of what I want to create in the world. And then I'm sometimes like, well, I don't want to be like 
I feel, I feel worried that if I don't post every day or if I don't, then I'm going to like, then you, you, you make something happen and then all of a sudden you don't keep it. Right. It's like a non-consistent. Right. And I think I, I think about that a lot. I think about that mm-hmm. when I make, when I judge myself about, you know, how I think, how, how I let social media's power get to me, even though I'm trying to help people not be sucked into that because it's powerful. It's a, there's dopamine in there. There's there's drugs in there. There's natural drugs that is like, oh, mm. somebody liked that thing. Somebody yeah. Or, yeah. or whatever. And oh, they didn't like that thing, right? And how I have to like watch my own self because mm. like when I first found out about the little heart on Instagram, the little heart thing, I didn't even know what it was. I, didn't, I had no idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Until yeah, a yeah. teenager told me, oh, dude, heck of people didn't like your thing. I'm like, what? What are you talking about? How, yeah. how, how do you know that? I didn't even know it before. So I was actually posting random, as random as possible, because I couldn't mm. even tell that there was a place to look for that stuff. And then when they told me that, I remember the next time I was I opened it up, I was on. Mm-hmm. I remember I was on a BART train, and I was on a, like a metro, or whatever you have in your city. It was like a, a, a metro. Yeah. And I opened it up, and I was like, "What the heck?" And there was no the heart didn't didn't light up, which meant that no one had liked <laughs> the mm. last thing I posted or whatever, right? And I'm like. And I, I remember feeling like that that tension rise up, and I'm like, "What the heck is happening?" Like, without even knowing it, I never looked for it. And once I knew it was something there, that was another hit of dopamine. Like I was always yeah, looking yeah. for it, and I realized, "Oh man, do you know how powerful?" They, I mean, I'm an adult. Like you know what I'm saying? I'm an adult. I got a job. I got a car. I got insurance. Like like I'm not I'm not hunting for like like you know what I'm saying? Like I'm just making those little. Those are just three anecdotes, right? <laughs> But imagine a teenager who has who, who only has this idea that this is my value worth, right? Like oh, my yeah. value worth is this is what, I, I have no car, I have no job, I have no career, I have nothing, and no one likes my stuff too, right? Like mm. I, I I really realize, oh my god, I don't know, I can't imagine what kids are dealing with. I mean, I can I can hear them tell me, but I can't imagine. Like you and I talked about being freshmen in college, there's. I had no, no cell phone. There was nobody tracking where you were. There was no, oh, I hope I would meet up with each other. It was like, you you just operated kind of with people in communication directly. It wasn't yeah. like I was communicating with people all over the world and wondering whether they were going to be impressed by my thing or they were going to get, they were going to show me some social capital by telling me, oh, I like that or comment, right? And I think that, our ki- sometimes parents I think also miss that when I in my work like and teachers miss that that our kids yeah. are dealing with something we we most of us did not have to deal with I mean there are some adults becoming who did but a lot of adults today had not didn't have like 15 usernames and so they were just then <laughs> like you yeah. show up you're Scott I'm Ashanti right I wasn't like AB244721 and and you know what I'm saying like all the different yeah, people yeah. we are in different places, right? I, I think um, it's so interesting because while you were talking about the likes and you know the different way we interact with social media, I think the people who express like what's inside the they they can become very vulnerable, you know. And like most people. I think it depends on what you're looking for in life. Like, I think when you're going through loss and a hard time, you yeah. look at those influencers that only show the good times yeah. and not the bad times. But then when 
you're doing well, you have more empathy for people who, you know, you see a post of someone homeless or like, yeah. you know, helping, yeah. helping someone who's less fortunate or, that's right. that's you know, right. but then when you're, when you're in like that poverty mindset, all you, you don't want to see like other people's sadness. You, you want to see like what you want. I want to be happy. So I'm going to look at the house I want or like, how do I get this quick money? But then when you are comfortable, you know, you kind of look at, oh man, that dog, you know, only has three legs and like, I want to help. And it's so interesting because it's kind of, you, we use it the way that our mind wants us to use it. And it's, um, I can't imagine the struggle right now with um, teenagers with social media. I mean, it was already awkward enough and hard enough to figure out who you were in your immediate high school and now you have the, the world and there's a lot of people who just unfortunately their goal is to make other people feel bad you know and yeah, then yeah. you're exposing children to that and i think um i think it's going to happen either way but maybe it's it's the parents lesson of hey like you get to choose at what you look at you yeah. know like you get to like you're going to experience people just showing the good and they're never showing you what you're dealing with too, the hard stuff, because that's not what they want to project. That's the mask that we have. Like, you know, if you're a bodybuilder, you know, that's all, you know, you're trying to do. And, and before the likes, I'm curious to ask you, did you feel like it was almost better because you weren't even thinking about what other people thought you were just expressing yourself? and seeing if you were authentic and see if seeing if people thought that authenticity um, like was the reason they'd be listening, you know? Yeah. And at that time I was posting about ever forward only. I was only posting about the organization. I didn't even have a personal channel at that time. So mm. everything I did was about, it, it was a, it was a, a pa it was a pass through of me through the work that I was putting out into the world. So mm. like before I was just like, Oh, I, I, this is a place where I can share what we're up to. And I was just sharing stuff that we were up to. Like, mm. you know, just putting out a picture, putting out this, putting out that. You know, this is, you know, maybe four, four or five years, four or five years ago, I think. I'm trying to remember when it was. But I remember when I when I first, the first time somebody told me about that little symbol is the first time I had ever looked for it. I didn't, mm. I didn't really even... I didn't know what I was doing because, you know, I'm the executive director, but I'm also posting on social media because we have a small team. You know, we're, I, we just do whatever it takes. Right. So I wasn't like a social media influencer trying to make I didn't even think about like trying to grow a following. I was just mm -hmm. like, hey, the people who follow us, they so they at least see what we're up to. And I was like, I was not as critical. And I think once I figured that out. I became, I think, even more critical. And especially when I made my own channel, I was like, oh, okay, I can only post about things that are in my niche, right? That's what these people say. You can't post about other stuff out of your niche. And so I'm uh, like, yeah. I like, oh, no, I can't, I should. No, I'm, and then I think like, I was trying to like be like in five places at the same time. But I think like, as I think about me as an adult, I'm, al I'm always talking to young people in our work. So I'm always asking them, like, what are the things that get you the most worked up? You know, there's the, the mm. youth wellness today is in such a very precarious and difficult place so our young people are constantly in a state of comparison 
Yeah. And I think that if you are constantly comparing the highlight reel of others to your behind the scenes story, I mean, behind the scenes is just that is behind the scenes for a reason, right? Like, like, but if yeah. you get stuck realizing that you're trying to compare everyone else's highlights to your whole full story, you could easily feel never enough outside of just feeling not good enough yeah. because somebody has more or somebody has better or this or whatever. But all that comparison, I think that that is creating so much more in our young people. And I think studies have shown it, right? And yeah. people and these companies are, you know, finally making some headway towards it, but still have a long way to go in terms of how, how do we reverse all of that, right? Because it's happening in such a big way, you know? I I, I think when, when you talked about this idea of friends, uh, I think you said family and friends are your wealth. And what I heard you say on the front of the mask, right? Yeah. Like I, I, I was actually like liking that because I imagine if, if you think about like family and friends in person, right? Like maybe family is always family because you can't disconnect them. But let's say for friends... Like the difference between friends in person and friends who I have said are here, right? Because yeah. how many people have I defined as being really friends as the people who are my followers or my whatever, right? Like I think these names that we've chosen for these things and these devices as opposed to who could I call right now and tell them yeah. that I'm having a rough moment and they will either make time for me or they would be like, let me call you right back when I can get to a clear, you know, like I got somebody who I can call and, or go visit that. I don't have to be like, Hey, what you doing? You know, like, and then hope they get back yeah. to me, you know? Yeah. You know, there, there's a reciprocation. I think, um, I was super social, try to be, you know, you know, athlete and, you know, in the like advanced classes. And I try to have this image of, you know, I'm this like, I would call myself like a, a nerdy jock. That's how I would describe myself, you know, because um, I, I didn't want to be looked at just like a nerd or just like a, a jock. So I guess I morphed it. But I think in college, you know, you're seeing so many people, you're going out, um, you know, to parties or just meeting new people at clubs or organizations you're a part of. And you get so excited meeting these new people that share this passion with you. Um, and then you, you, a couple of years go by and you're like, man, I miss this person. I, I like, I guess we never got to that deep level. And I think it takes work. I think the reciprocation is what I've always like mm. come to. I think the people I'm close with, um, I know like if I call them, they're going to be there or they've always been there or they, you know, they don't have to come talk to me or hang out with me or what have you, you know, like come to my wedding or, but they do because they want to and they, they, they make time for it. And I think there's certain people like, I'd rather have one really close friend yeah, than multiple, very superficial friends. Cause I think superficial is great, but we get burnt out with it and we mm. need that, that social, like I, my first one is like the energetically positive vibe. Like I always yeah. was trying to bring people together and I, and like it always, they're amazing friends, amazing people, but it was always like a surface thing yeah. where I was like trying to get as many people and as many friends together as possible that like, I wasn't really focused on developing my own relationships 
and the people I did develop that with are, no. you know, like even with Ryan. I mean, no Adam way. Had, you know, oh, I got you back. Together. You're back. You You're back. back. I'm back. Okay. You lost. Okay, sweet. You're Where back. did you lose me at? <laughs> no, you were like uh, you. You were trying to get so many people together and so many people and, and build those connections with so many people that they weren't. They were more surface. Yeah, because you're you're. I'm more focused on their well being and getting them to be happy and excited. That like I'm focused on. It's almost like hosting something, right? Like hosting a Christmas for mm. family. It's like you're so worried about everything going perfect yeah. that you don't necessarily enjoy it. You know, like yeah, yeah. you don't, you don't yeah. like want to host because you're like, dang man, I just want to like like I think uh, the wedding is the best example is you know, going to other people's weddings, like I could finally eat dinner. I could finally talk. I could just hang out instead of being like on this, like, like the wedding goes so fast. And so it's just being more present. And I think, um, I don't know. I I feel like when, when I say family and friends are your wealth, it's something my dad and my mom have always said, uh, you know, to go to just my, like, it gets me emotional just talking about it, but um, I think growing up with um, my, excuse me, so my older brother, Chris, is uh, a cancer survivor. Um, he, um, he, got, he got leukemia when he was six, um, had relapse at 12, bone marrow transplant at 16. Um, and, and growing up, like, we just valued life. Um, I think one of the best lessons like my parents taught me was they wouldn't upgrade the house. They would always go on, um, we'd go on vacation. So we'd be, you know, traveling to have experiences. Um, Cause it was, <clears throat> those are the things you, you remember. So I think just being thankful for, what you have is like what, like my brother was, he was so happy, but um, went through so much. And so it's, he always looked at the, the positives in life. And I think that's, um, it was like, if he can go through so much pain with cancer, like this is easy, you know, it's just like a social situation. like. I'm thankful that I get to have these social situations because he didn't. Um, so he's, that's where the family is your wealth. Um, and the, um, the processing loss as well. Uh, he, he passed this last year. Uh, thank you. Um, Yeah, so he was cancer-free for, I think, almost 20 years. Uh, Mm -hmm. 
after that bone marrow transplant and um, went to a dental appointment, saw abscess, got squamous cell carcinoma of the jaw. And we kind of uh, knew something like this was going to happen just because all this treatment, radiation, chemo, you know, directly to a CSF, you know, back in the day. Um, and it was, um, the mouth is highest turnover of, of cells. So that's where typically a lot of cancers come if you've had those treatments. And so unfortunately they found it. And then long story short, he had a couple surgeries, lost his ability to speak, to talk, um, to eat. Um, and so with, uh, like him, during when when he first when we first found that out, I was you know end of first year of medical school, um, and yeah, that was a tough time. That was um, like COVID, so we couldn't see him. Uh, it was. It was, uh, it was rough, but uh, I had to take some time to notice that my parents were super, just super stressed. Um, and, you know, I was in med school and I was studying for our, our first board exam and I was like, hey, I'm coming home. I, I'll uh, take some time to, to help, you know. You, I'll go to the appointments. They can, my dad can work, and my mom can <clears throat> do all the insurance stuff. And I was just uh, like, "All right, I'm going to help." It was, and I got to this point where you either extend it or like it graduate a year later or help. And I was like, uh, "And and help or just continue?" And I was like, "All right, I'm going to help. Um, I'll stay an extra year at med school." So I go back and forth helping helping my parents and seeing them. I think um, that that became my focus. Um, and I, it was this decision between, do I choose my career, you know? Um, or do I uh, help family? And it was, it was one of the easiest decisions of, you know, helping, helping a brother out. <clears throat> I would do it a hundred times over, but what ended up happening was took a lot of time off COVID happened. And, um, like I would go through these like three month periods where I wasn't in school, just helping with my family. And, um, then, you uh, it's, I guess this is definitely one of my masks cause not many people know I switched careers. Um, but, uh, basically, yeah, the first exam, technical difficulties, took like four months to get a like petition, get to retake the test, um, pass that one, and then didn't was like out of out of connection with the hospital because of COVID. And I'm I since having ADHD with education, I've always been a tangible learner, and so I didn't have OB/GYN or or pediatrics, and so I never you know touched a mom as far as uh, learning how to treat a, a mom and then also pediatrics, you know, didn't get a chance to touch any 
um, like treat and diagnose any kids. And so that I um, failed my second board because of that. And um, is just pediatrics and OB-GYN were like super low. And I was like, oh man, like, so I try to get um, the tangible experience. Couldn't get it. Um, had to take more time off. And basically the school was, um, I was just like, you gotta pass and that's it. And so ended up not passing. Um, and uh, went into like some legal stuff and Meanwhile, my brother passed in the middle of it. And so it was basically ended up with me being forced to withdraw from med school with like six months to go on my fourth year. And um, yeah, it was, it wasn't the result I expected, but I was so thankful for the extra two and a half years I got with my, with my brother. I would have, he would have passed a month before I graduated. And so it was just like, it was the life decision between, you You never really know when they're going to happen. And I was like, wow, I think I'm mature. Because it was like, do I choose family or do I choose like, you know, career? I didn't think it was going to affect the career. But um, <clears throat> yeah, got forced to uh, withdraw with uh, no op no more opportunity to go back in and so yeah. it was uh that stress of going through you know helping my brother out and him passing and med medical schools are stressful in itself so mm -hmm. it was uh it was a cra crazy experience um but i guess that's that's kind of where um you know the stubborn for help comes back you know my my wife was at the same medical school and she super, she was there for me. She was a, we were married at the time, but dated for nine years since UCLA. And so it was uh, nice having her support. And it's just, I mean, I didn't, in med school, the, the image is all, you gotta be, you know, you're, you're a doctor. Like yeah. you have to be yeah. a superhero, right? Like you don't have problems, you know, your patients are your problems and, uh, you should be fine. Um, and so I didn't tell, I haven't told most people in my med school, um, because I felt like it wasn't respecting my, my brother's situation in a way, but I think it's also looking back, I'm like, it's okay. Like what happens happens. And, uh, I definitely believe it, it was, uh, it happened for a reason, you know, having that choice to, to go help. And I mean, I have no regrets cause it kind of, uh, like that's family, you know, yeah. Yeah. family's going to be there for you and they're still there for me now. And, um, it's kind of a long, I kind of went through a lot of, you know, the mask and even with education, one of the hardest nine hour exams, you know, you got to do like 44 questions in a, in an hour and you have that nine times. Um, I mean, 
even with that as like a, someone with ADHD, I'm finally coming to peace with that. I know in the education system, ADHD is looked at as a disadvantage, but I've never really viewed it that way. You know, it makes me who I am. And it just means that, you know, it's, it's one of those uh, diagnoses that it's like, you can use it to your advantage. Everyone, you know, there's not one way to learn. Um, it's not just because you can't sit still in class doesn't mean you can't be an academic, you know, just maybe you need to stand up and, uh, you know, uh, but I've come to peace with, um, or I'm coming to peace, I think, with ADHD and the stigma of, you know, am I failing these tests because, you know, ADHD, or is it because um, the actual situation going on, you know, like, yeah. Yeah, I didn't get to uh, tangible, tangibly learn like a clinical exam for, um, you know, a clinical board exam and never seen the patients. It's hard to pull from that memory bank. And so I think um, it was, there's challenges with it, but I mean, yeah. I have, I have no regrets because at the end of the day, yeah, chose family and now, uh, this new safety lock is what my brother and I wanted to do. Mm. Even like, even during med school, I was just going to do it after med school. So he's been, um, my motivation has started up and, um, mm. we even are given stickers that, you know, in memory of him and yeah, he's, he was always helping people. And so yeah. I wanted to do something that would you know, help and protect the pediatric population. Um, yeah, so that's kind I want, of. I want, I want to hear more about that. About that. Can before we move on, I just first want to honor you for sharing your story. Like that's. Thank you. I was trying to figure out word. There's no words, but I want to appreciate you. And will you? Will you? Are you willing to say your brother's name? Yeah, Chris. 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 Chris Messier. Yeah. Hey, there you go. You nailed yeah. it, man. He, um, he was, he was a, one of the most awesome guys you could ever meet. Um, and thank you for, thank you for those words and, you know, listening. I think having, like, seen your presence in the conversation is, you know, the best gift you can give someone who's dealing with the problem. You know, it's just being there to listen. So, Hey, it's it's also cathartic for me because I uh, need to as as I heal. It's part of me, and it's what makes me who I am. And oh man, it's I feel like if I wasn't emotional about it, it wouldn't mean as much. And it and it's um, it's okay to show show those you know show that it's fearful and you can be weak in those situations and that people are there to pick you up. So, yeah. And it takes so much strength. I think it's, I think it takes so much strength, although we may have been taught that it makes it is weak, but it takes strength to like address what Ruby really feel. Right. I think the easy part is to be like, I ain't showing that. <laughs> right. Like I, I'm not, I'm not talking about that. I'm not, Right, I, I, yeah, and I and I think that, um, 
a couple of weeks ago, we had another man who spoke of of loss of brother, and I am I'm the oldest. I am I, I, when you talked about like as a doctor, you don't have problems. As the big brother, you're not supposed to have problems. You're supposed to be helping everyone else take care of the stuff, and and I so I just I feel you as being you know, the younger brother who's trying to help the big brother who can't help but ask for help. He has, he has no choice but to need to depend on someone else in those moments. And and I know for me sometimes, as a big brother, I don't want to burden my siblings with stuff. Like I try and keep it together, Right. And I think that, so I appreciate you for just honoring him by serving him, right? And in, in, in a role that he, yeah, that, that you were able to serve. And so, and the sacrifices you made to, for family, the sacrifice you made for, out of love, right? And, and I appreciate you for that. And thanks for sharing that story. And I hope, yeah, it, not a hope, I'm just, I, I hope that people who heard that also will tap into giving themselves a little bit of care and honor and love around. We're doing the best we can sometimes, you know, even when it, it may look messy on the outside, right? Yeah, I think, uh, I mean... I was with the late last night, Messi. I always say things get messy, and I think uh, <laughs> it's kind of been. I mean, the last three years have definitely been messy, but in a in a way that that just. I think when you have, you're not really forced to to make these decisions unless you have a very challenging situation that causes that brings it up you know and I think it's hard for others to understand and I think half the time I don't want to you know sound negative or you know bring someone's day down or um you know like I'm always that positive guy like growth mindset you know like it's all about what you like I mean it's being comfortable in the uncomfortable of just your, your fear of your insecurities of who you are, you know, like my identity was like the weirdest question after the whole decision of being forced to withdraw, like, it was like, Oh, what are you doing? I was like, there's a period there where I was like, I have no clue, (laughs) Mm. you know, like, I don't, I don't have an answer to that. Like I'm trying to figure it out. And I think, um, that's okay. It's, um, I, I think like my family was still there, you know, in med schools yeah. in, in the past. I mean, there's, there's friends that have continued and, um, you know, there's this whole thing where I wear my emotions on my sleeve, positive dude overall. Um, but I just got numb. There was so much stress and it was the first time where I was just numb. I didn't, it was, I wouldn't call it, depression because I was still motivated but it was like if I get emotional like 
if I'm not stoic, I'm just gonna like go, go a little bit crazier than I want or, um, mm. down a path I don't want to. And I think I didn't, I didn't really like that feeling, you know, like I, I think you have to, um, like feed both the wolves inside you, you know, like the, the, the fearful wolf and the insecure wolf, like you need to not neglect that because it's going to come howling out at some point soon. If you, if you don't like go to it, um, if you only nurture the, the good wolf and like, you know, that dopamine release and everything that's good in life. And yeah, like, I'm just going to push you aside. And I mean, you can, you can do it for a little bit. And then if you approach it, you're good. But I mean, with mental health, um, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm so glad it's, it's getting more focus. I think, you know, you, you have your mind, body and spirit. And that's like, like what drove me into medicine was like trying to help someone as a well-rounded physician um and i think it's also just just random thought like my brother he he was a rare case in medicine where like it they did everything they possibly could to um kind of make sure that he was given the best chance possible to survive and it just got to the point where medicine couldn't do it anymore. Like they tried everything, Damn. you know? Um, and I think there's part of that where I was like, oh man, like the, the thing I'm doing right now is there's a, there's a limit, you know, there's a limit to it and you can't always help people. And I think um, it was, you know, thankfully I get a, my, my wife is a physician. So thankfully I get to like, still, like I still love medicine, um, and still love the field. You know, it wasn't, I didn't choose to just stop it, but it was, I still have a love for it. I'm so thankful for the education. Um, if it wasn't for the student loans, I'd be, um, you know, a lot, uh, a lot more, uh, a lot less stressed, but it, it's also one of those things where, it's opportunity to do other things. And I've connected with so many of my friends mm. um, after, cause I couldn't, didn't have the time to do it in medical school. So it was, it was one of those things where I was just, it's opened up. Like I'm finally back to myself and you're talking to me after healing and, and telling people about my emotions. And this is awesome. Cause I get to, you know, this is like a public way of expressing, mm. you know, what I've been going through. Um, so yeah, yeah, it's, um, but the reconnecting and like having time for people is so nice, man. I know you're a busy guy, but like when you have like, this is probably also awesome for you because you actually get time to like really just talk and, um, also analyze your own, own life and your own like things you're dealing with and have like, know that you're not alone in it, you know? You have nailed that one clearly. I think the, the the big piece also is that, I mean, not only is it resonating just in terms of feelings that I worry about my own brother, but I think how how much I believe that 
we need a space to not have to constantly have to keep exchanging masks for masks, right? The family mask, the work mask, the career mask, the the the, the responsible mask, the the homeowner, like all these pieces and places we play. And sometimes I've heard young people say in the work, sometimes you forget like who you really are because everywhere you go, you're having to be who they need you to be there. And you're like, well, what's important to me? Actually, I just want to lay on the floor at a fan blow cool me off and just do nothing for the next couple of hours right but i gotta go to work i gotta study this i gotta do that i gotta do that like 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 the self it kind of really sometimes gets overridden by our minds you talk about mind body spirit right like sometimes our, our our spirit is calling for us to just stop and just be but our mind is like, no, we got, we got, we got to be, we got to, we got to be something. We can't just be mm-hmm. here doing nothing. We got to be somebody, right? So our mind is trying to like, right, and the body's like, I just want to go to sleep, right? And sometimes we, 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 our minds get so busy of trying to do, we're trying to protect us. It's trying to, it's not trying to hurt us. No, most most times it's trying to like yeah. give us this, this, these, these hits of, of, of what it feels like to be elevated. What it feels like to. Uh, for people to see us in these lights, and I think, um, I think we could, you're not gonna have to find another have another conversation because I think that the your your decision not only to make that choice, but also the because it's all connected to all of our choices. But I think how you have had to navigate the new you. Like the, the the person you when you were may have dreamed that was gonna be you and the person who is becoming you, like is just a new season, right? It's a new season in the journey of ourselves, you know? Like I think and that's that's what I really am excited about in these conversations. I think that that's so important. You know, I I guess maybe just one question just out of this as we like how have you been able, and this is something I, I battle with, you know, I, I started off as an engineer and I became a teacher. What? What's happening? What's happening here? What's going on? What, why are you making this choice of Shanta Branch? <laughs> right? Yeah. My The intellect part of myself is like, what, like what you said, what are you doing? <laughs> like, yeah. we, 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 we made plans. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We, yeah. we worked hard for this thing. And then your, your heart is like, this is where I'm supposed to be. And the head and heart sometimes have a battle. Right, like, yeah, and 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 then we have to decide, like, okay, the, the the wolves, right? Which one are you feeding? Am I gonna keep feeding my head to get this thing that makes me look good to other people, or am I gonna do this thing to feed my heart, which lets me feel good to me? And I think that that's yeah. I I think I think you you nailed it. I think there's um, you know. When you talk about uh, all the ways that today we relax, it's like, you know, you're going out in nature, you're getting a massage, go to like a yoga class or a meditation class and like a vacation, right? You're going to a beach and just to like relax by the pool. And I'm just like, our lives have gotten so busy as humans, at least in, in the States that what we did naturally and what comforts us naturally, like just being out in nature, you know, like, you know, you know, the central coast, like you can just go out in nature and be present and you feel yourself. You feel just 
like the you can see the world it's not this like tiny ball that's inside your head like you yeah. notice that you're just part of it right you just um you look out at the ocean you know you don't you just it keeps going you know it's infinite and i think we get so caught up in um like i, I think one thing that got me through the whole my whole brother's situation is I would, with the big decisions I had to make, I would go up to Avila Beach and there's like a little bench by Shipwreck's Cove. You probably like have, have been there and there's a little bench and, and I would just think, and I'm like, what, like, who are you? Like, what is the best decision? You know, like there's no answer for why this is happening to you. It's just happening and, and I think trying to do my best job of having less of that emotional impulsive reaction less of like i gotta do this i gotta do that like what if i you know like i mean even after the decision i would sit up there and be like all right like you're not doing medicine like decision's been made but you would think i just you know that's that's when i would break but it was like man i'm so happy that this thing's done with like i have been stressed for three and a half years and this is finally the the end you know like you know i might not be i I, i'm not going to become a doctor but like now the world's my oyster like i have autonomy i I mean i've always wanted to run my own business just because the autonomy you know and so it's been so nice because i've i've been able to go back to who i who i am you know and who i was and I didn't lose myself in all the chaos. Um, but I, I think it's so hard for people to purposely schedule in a time to either like talk to a friend, you know, like make plans to hang out with a friend to go into this deep stuff or meditate or work out, you know, um, and just be present and see like, you can't process it while you're just like on the surface. You gotta like take a deep breath and look at it in a neutral sense, you know? Um, and that's what they're like finding out with a lot of psych patients, like meditation is working um, and other like treatments that make you present. Um, but it's like, I, I think it's with the new, um, I mean like, this is probably going in a whole different topic, but like, <laughs> like psychedelics and MDMA, like from a medical perspective, all the patients that have gotten success from it is like, especially mm-hmm. soldiers, right. With PTSD, um, they say they relive the experience, mm-hmm. but they're neutral to it. Mm-hmm. So like they're not reacting emotionally to it and it's not charged so they can actually analyze it. And I think, um, it's like sitting behind a waterfall of thoughts. If you can figure out a way to just like sit behind it and then just try to part it so you can like open up mm. it to be clear, like then you figure out what you really want and then you're true to yourself and then you just got to keep yourself accountable to be true to yourself and, you know, put yourself mm. out in the world. Just like, uh, it's like the light button you were talking about, like, before that you were just being you and you're just doing it because you were excited and stoked and like it didn't matter what people said like you knew you were doing a good thing 
you're just going to do it and like let yeah. people know like what's going on, you know, like that's, that's true. That's you. <laughs> but then it forced you to analyze it right with that like button. That's right. That's right. Oh, you got me. You got me. So many things I've read. So I'm going to, okay. Okay. <laughs> Sitting behind a waterfall of thoughts. That is a beautiful metaphor. And I, Sitting behind a waterfall of thoughts, like how often do the thoughts get stuck, right? Which is that part, right? Like, so I, I was actually, as you were speaking, I was like, what if I take, like, I mean, this is like, this is like a, a game that you have to play that I tell myself to play, right? Take a, a black piece of tape and where I'm opening up Instagram, wherever, where that little, little hearts thing pop up, I'm just put a black piece of tape that's permanently there. So, any other screen i just can't see whatever that part is but Ooh. like that part goes away right like okay i don't even care what that looks like i don't because i because i know what i do i know where i'm looking i know where i'm like judging self-judging before anybody else gets to judge i judge myself way more before anybody mm. else gets to judge me because if i put it out i've already scrutinized it eight time eight ways of left right back north south like i'm <laughs> yeah and so like like that thing where you're just like, oh yeah, I remember. I used to, I used to just make a video and then post it, like without any really deep thought. But anytime I try to like work with the algorithm and work with the like the things and that, and I and I get to that place of stuckness. And so, it's also a, a, a it's a it's a challenge for me this weekend. I was one of my I'm gonna put that as my challenge for this weekend. I'm gonna I'm I'm, I'm gonna make something happen this weekend. Actually, you just inspired me. So sweet, uh, sweet. Thank you for that I, statement. Uh, and I'm I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna just be like, I'm gonna enjoy it, and maybe I'll I mean, enjoy it more because I'm enjoying it as opposed to like trying to make it what I think people need it to be. But that's what I'm gonna do this weekend, and I'm making a post as soon as we hang up right here. Something I've been wanting to do and talking about doing and committing to doing, and I've been holding back because I've been worrying about the that stuff, mm. and so knowing that. Tomorrow's not promised. Um, Scott, you've just uh, inspired me oh. in a, a new way today. Your authentic self is your best self. And I think when you are authentic, you you get a chance to, like that's when you're happiest, you know, like when you go out to the beach and you're, you know, at, at concerts a lot or, you know, you're playing a sport you love, you're doing an activity you love, you're in that flow mindset. That's when you're, it's like your true self, you know, and that's like what everyone is looking for. It's not the stuff on the screens. It's, it's like events and things that make you fully present. And I think yeah. like, even in a conversation like this, like we're on videos, but you know, I've, time flies when you're present, you know, like you're just, you're just like, this is going to be the highlight of my day because it's just so, uh, it's so authentic, right? It's not, it's not, we're not trying to, we're both struggling with similar things and we're both struggling with different things, but the struggle is where you, you grow. Um, and that's what, you know, it's good to have struggle because that struggle, you always have the choice. And, and that's the one thing that you have is the choice to be looking at it as like, okay, man, this is, 
this is horrible. This sucks. But mm. at least I uh, like let's let's accept it and and you are who you are and like you did the best you could do in that situation. And if you didn't, then you have something to improve on. And yeah. like what what I really thought about what what would I want someone to do if I was in my brother's shoes or or if I'm in this this friend's shoes, like, you know, what what would I need? And if you kind of take a step back and be president, realize that, man, I would, I'd be so thankful to be helped in a situation like that. Mm. And I know, like, my brother would be there for me if, if it was switch. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I mean, it's also just the life that I know and is normal to me, you know, in a way, like, that's what's normal, like. You know, my brother had cancer and it, it it made me thankful for life and it made me realize that it's not about like how many friends you have. It's about the quality of friends and mm-hmm. um, just, just giving people the time of day and looking at the good stuff. Like, yeah. man, like I'm, I'm tired, but at least I woke up this morning, you know, like, and it sounds so cliche, but those simple truths are so important. And I think just simplifying it, you know, like that's the one uh, benefit of ADHD is like, I bounce back real quick because my attention goes on something else. So like, I, I, I wanted it to be a lot of things on top of a doctor. And so now I'm like, all right, I'll be a business owner. That's, that sounds fun. I don't do it, you know, with a intention to give back to, you know, cancer societies that gave my family a chance with my brother and, and, um, anyone with like special needs, you know, like, um, one of my buddies is he's a special ed teacher. And I mean that being a teacher is already a hard job, you know, and you have a lot of important um, lives in your hands. And I think, special ed is, is super challenging, almost more challenging than a quote unquote normal kid. Right. Um, but it's providing them the opportunity and showing them that like, Hey, they're like, I don't see ADHD as a, um, dysfunction. I just see it as, Hey, like if I'm not into it, I'm not going to pay attention to it. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, that's, that's how it is. It's, my attention is pretty good if I'm into it, you know, like you can't get me off it. Like I'm hyper-focused, like that's opposite. I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm a yin and yang, you know, like you can't, I'm either like really into it or like, nah, I'm, I'm bored, you know, like. Yeah. But, well, man, tell your friend, I mean, I, I think it'll be, you mentioned that, that teacher. I mean, yeah. we definitely had lots of teacher conversations and I love teachers. And so, and there's so few men teachers. So I think, it, let your friend know if you know after he hears your episode maybe he's willing to come in here and um have a conversation too because i think teachers are expected to like doctors are expected to not have any problems go into class you're in charge and you you can't even have a bad day because you're not supposed to be human anyway you know and i yeah. think that that's they want to pay you like you're not human because you get paid yeah. like you're a like you're some kind of like 
added feature to the to the system as a cog in the wheel and yeah. and you don't get to deal with your stuff right because you're not supposed to have stuff right and i think that that's the part that is is a hard part for for all these professions that are in service professions helping others sometimes people i expose you to being superhuman which i, I don't which i get but also it becomes a detriment to the people in those professions that they don't get what they need, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. He's well, I mean, I'll just call him out. So he actually comes on, but, uh, <laughs> like, uh, yeah, Matt Roberts is, uh, is a huge, he's just, he asking his motivation for working with special ed. It's like, it's, mm-hmm. he could, his reason is cause I feel like I've gotten so much like, how can I not get back? You know, like yeah. I have the ability to help. So I'll hopefully he can tell you his story and, and his reasoning right. in, in education. But um, yeah, I mean, he's also one of those guys that I talk to pretty much all the time. And similar to our conversation that we're having, you go, you go more into yeah. how you're actually feeling and mm-hmm. it's uh, it's okay to be vulnerable and it's, like being a man, like I think it's more manly to have emotions yeah. and uh, cry during the last samurai than it is to uh, mm. <laughs> than, uh, than it is to not. You know, I think emotions right. make you human, and um, yeah, man, it's it's always a learning experience. It's just you got to listen to to what your mind's presenting yeah. you. You better believe it, without a doubt. Well, listen, Scott Messier, I am so, I, I think this is just the beginning, I believe, and I hope it's just the beginning of our, of our connection. And thank you for being a part of this, taking off the mask um, journey with us. And what I'm hoping is that um, you, here, I want you to do this. I want you to let people know uh, about your company. I want you to tell, tell us the like, name of it, where they can find you, if you play, have a place you want people to follow you, website, whatever that is, and we'll... I'll put it in the show notes as well. And um, this is just the beginning because I still want to know more about the product so I can tell my <laughs> sister about it for my nephews and my niece. So all that to say that this is just the beginning, but I want to um, close out with, with you sharing uh, about your work that you're doing and so that people can uh, definitely go and learn more. And, and for those that are parents, maybe it's something that would serve them as well. Yeah, of course. The, hey, First off, thank you so much for having me and doing this. It's um, it's super cool, man. Um, you make uh, to anyone who's nervous or wants to be on this podcast, just know like you're gonna be. It's just gonna be a normal conversation, and Ashanti has um, very good intentions on knowing who you are and listening to your struggle. So he's uh, a very. Um, like I can already tell that we'll definitely continue this and keep talking more. And um, yeah, thank you for being that space and it's needed and um, keep up the, the good work. Cause Hey, we're all, we're all wearing masks and sometimes you get to flip them around and show, show people what's on the inside. So thank you for that. And uh, I guess for my, for my plug. Um, so we're called kids safe lock. We're, selling through amazon if you just type in plug lock you can find it um if you 
uh, right in a kid safe, you get a 20% off discount. Um, but basically, uh, you can find me at, uh, for Twitter and Instagram, it's at kidsafelock. Um, uh, or you can just email me at kidsafelock at, at gmail.com if you're interested in anything else. But, um, yeah, it's, um, I'm just trying to prevent injuries, uh, in, in, uh, the pediatric community. I think there's something like, uh, we're going to butcher the exact number, but there's something like 42,000 injuries with appliances from power tools to blenders to, um, anything that just plugs into a wall, just an electrical appliance that you can, uh, you can prevent, you know, like our locks way cheaper than, uh, the ED. And at the end of the day, like we're protecting kids. Um, and so, um, yeah, there's a lot of donation efforts that we're trying to create with, uh, hugs for cubs. Um, or that's the, the end goal is to, to try to work with them because, my brother's uh, in the Hall of Fame there for the Foresters. So, um, but either way, my, my goal is just to protect those kiddos or, um, you know, maybe your husband's playing too many video games or something like that. You can, they'll probably be mad at me, but you put that on the gaming system. But uh, it's, uh, it's a, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, somebody's, go, somebody's like, There's don't be doing that. Don't be, oh, oh yeah. man. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm excited. I'm, 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 we'll put all those links in the in the chat and then in the, in the sweet, show notes, sweet. so people will have that there. And uh, man, I am. Um, uh, I want to appreciate you again. I think this is uh, these are the conversations that we really want to be having. I want to be having where we can like be human and yeah. be fully present with each other. And so, thank you for that. And I'm and I'm I'm, I'm taking it in. Like I. Is a highlight of my definitely my day, definitely my weekend. I did, and I, now I got a challenge on my hands, on my, my personal challenge that I feel like I'm called to move to. And so, thank you for sharing those words that and that also inspired me in this in this journey of like getting out of my own way, right? Getting out of my head and getting into my heart and 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 enjoying the journey as well. So, thank yeah, you, brother. Thank, thanks for being authentic and vulnerable and. Uh... Yeah, man, I'm a I'm a firestorm. I'll talk your ear off. I'm raised by an Italian mom, so I'll talk your ear off, man. But uh, thank you for having me and uh, taking the time. And um, yeah, let's do it again. And if you need any help uh, or you know in the Central Coast, just let me know, and I'd love to come help. Well, we're gonna be down there. We're gonna be bringing our young men on a college tour in uh, probably in the spring. Um, we we're, we we'd always go through San Luis Obispo and Central Coast, so. Maybe we'll have a meetup at Firestone or something. Oh, something, something, something. yeah. Oh, yeah. don't get me started. My mouth is watering already. Oh, I know. The ranch, man. <laughs> Garlic bread, tri-chip sandwich with their Oh, yeah. my goodness gracious. So I tell you, we'll, we'll definitely take a photo face-to-face there. That would be so great. Yeah, hopefully we get a sponsorship, too, so we get free Firestone, yeah. <laughs> Come on now, let's uh, let's go. You see, you thinking like a go businessman on. right there. See? Exactly. I, that's how we gotta do it. Let's do it. Oh man, folks out there, thank you for being a part of today's episode. If you want to make your mask, you can do that anonymously. You don't have to share it with anyone if you don't want. At millionmask.org, you know Scott and I shed our mask here publicly, but what we want to do is normalize these conversations for people all over the world. 
but definitely for communities where men feel they can't be human. And so thank you for being a part of today's episode. Scott, I'm so glad to meet you. Looking forward to knowing you more. And folks, have a great day. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Till the next time, Ashanti. Till next time, brother. Taking Off the Mask podcast is produced by Ryan Louie. Graphics are by Kelly Wong. And a special thanks to the team at Ever Forward, Vanessa Cortez and Choque Allen Alvarez. We'd like to thank everyone who's been a part of the creation of this podcast as we cross the 100th episode milestone and begin the work to the next 100. We hope that everyone who's been a part knows that they're a part of the Taking Off the Mask family. And we look forward to you being a part of it as well. If you like what you heard today, please subscribe, write a five-star review, and share as we look forward to continuing to have conversations that matter. Stay tuned for the relaunch of the Million Mask Movement on 11-11-22. That's November 11th of 2022. There's a math problem in there. You can find out more by visiting everforwardclub.org and following us on social media. Take care. We'll see you soon.